Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 12th episode of Heavier Than I Look. It's a uh, podcast dedicated to healing, recovery, and storytelling. My name is Kira Russo, and I'm your host. And today we're joined by a very special guest. We have Joyce Diebels from Life to Enjoy's podcast. And, and Joyce, if you would like to just introduce yourself a little bit to our audience today, that would be great. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and for having me on the show, Kira, as well. So I'm Joyce. And as Kira said, like I have my own podcast, Life to Enjoyce. And Life to Enjoyce is also my coaching business. So I'm a certified health coach and NLP and EFT practitioner. And I basically help women to boost their confidence and create healthy habits that last so that they can then live and eat for a happier and healthier life. Wonderful. That's it. That sounds amazing. Um, and I am curious too about, you know, where you, where you came to this, this aspiration of helping women live a healthy and a healthy and happy life and, and where that came from. And two, if you wanted to jump into your story a little bit and how that yeah, led sure. to your trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think helping and, you know, like helping other people and inspiring other people has always been in my blood. I think I've always done that in, um, yeah, <laughs> like every day in my whole life. <laughs> uh, and when it comes to health and happiness, that is something that I had to then discover for myself. So yeah, I've, I've had a blog for like seven years, which is where my health journey started. But before that, I had a really hard childhood and everything. And I basically started emotionally eating ever since I was four years old. Um, I had to work through a lot of trauma. I got bullied and I was dealing with um, hypothyroidism, which is an autoimmune disease, also known as Hashimoto's. Um, which was diagnosed when I was 16. So up until the age of 16, um, I thought that food would always make me feel better. And it was kind of also a way for me to flee, to, you know, escape life um, when things got really like hard. And basically also to kind of like, recover from the fact that I thought I wasn't good enough. So that was something that my direct family told me that I've heard from my friends from in school and everything. So I always thought like, oh, I'm not good enough. And so I looked and escaped and used food to kind of make myself feel better. But then with the Hashimoto's and the fact that I gained a lot of weight um, I was also not really healthy and so I kind of needed to lose the weight in order to reduce my symptoms because that's what they told me and so at the age of 16 I started basically my diet journey which included like restrictive dieting and I've been on diets for like many years trying to go from one diet to the other because it wouldn't work. I couldn't stick to it. I would lose weight, but then would gain it back again. And so I got into this whole cycle. And then at the age of how old was I? I think it was 22 at that point. I moved out of my parents' home. And after, you know, 
looking after my own things and having to cook for myself, I was like, okay, this really needs to change. So that's where my like health journey began in the sense of, okay, I started to learn what foods would work for me and would aid my thyroid. And I gained back my energy. Didn't feel like a really old person that needed to nap all the time. Um, so that was all really good. But then I felt like I still needed to lose the weight. So I ate so, so many, like not many calories that I just was basically not nurturing my body enough. And as I did that for a couple of years, I then got into binge eating because my body was basically telling me like, oh, you need to eat. And plus I felt so restrictive in my mind as well. Um, because I thought, oh, I can't have these foods. And so I wanted even more. And I then um, got even more health complications in like the last couple of years that I still am managing. And one of them is being PCOS. So it's it's been quite a struggle because um, I thought, you know, like, oh, if I lose the weight, if I'm just on this diet, that's that's healthy because I'm eating all of these healthy things and that should be good. But it wasn't, I became really, really obsessed with it. And I was counting my calories all the time and my macros. And I wouldn't let myself go out for dinner or eat at friends' places because I wasn't in control of what I could eat and everything. And it, it life did, wasn't really fun, <laughs> to say the least. And at this point, um, I felt like, I was on a diet again. I had so many symptoms. I was binge eating, but then desperately trying to control my weight and my calories because I needed to lose that weight. Um, and I was like, something needs to change. And I felt like I tried all the diets. I tried literally everything. And I tried over exercising, but it also didn't work. And at the end, like, at the time when I did lose most of my weight, I still didn't feel really, really happy or successful, or I still didn't feel like I was good enough because I had still friends and family who did not like me or accepted me for who I was. And so I, I realized that there has to be something else because the way I was eating, the way I was thinking about myself, the way I was behaving, like that wasn't good. And at that moment, um, I also was in a burnout. So I needed, I wanted to change my life anyway. So there was a lot going on. And at that point, I decided to go into my coaching journey. So I followed um, my coaching course and got all these credentials. And it was just a beautiful journey. And Besides the fact that it educated me and taught me to coach other people, I was coaching myself as well. Um, so this whole world opened up for me where I learned about how my brain was working, how mindset works, how I can literally talk myself sick <laughs> and become obsessed with food and everything and challenging those thoughts and working on all these tools and everything to, to change my thoughts and beliefs that I have in 
to my feelings into my behavior just changed my whole life around because I started looking at myself differently. I started looking at food differently, at other people differently. And most of all, I was able to find that worth and validation within myself by changing myself from the inside out. And it, it might sound a bit vague, but during all this work and the method that I now use with my clients as well, that is actually what helped me to gain and, and get that healthy relationship with food again to overcome my binge eating and my weird way of dieting um, and slowly start to get healthier. And it is a challenge every single day. Like you have to, you know, choose that consciously um, and still things come up every now and then because I'm, you know, rewiring my brain after 20 years of doing this and <laughs> I'm going to be 30 soon. So, you know, that like it, it's still a work in progress, but from where I've been now and the fact that I can just, you know, go and eat food as I please and I don't have to think about it or I don't binge and I know that I can just eat anything that I want and I'm super aware of choices that I make is just really, really beautiful. And I guess to kind of like circle back to your question is that with the with my personality of like being a teacher, being like loving and being so passionate um, of helping others, I just wish that none of other people or mostly women have to go through what I went through. And it's hard because like often women seek for validation and worthiness externally instead of within themselves. And there is a lot of like body image issues and society weight stigma on how we need to look and behave and be. Um, but that's my mission to change. And I, I want to change that by helping women to, you know, really live that healthy and happy life, not what they think it should be like. And also by helping kids to, you know, fully love and accept themselves as they are, but also do that with other people so that hopefully one day we can just all accept who we are and are not being led by what social media says or society says how we should look like, um, but that we are just fully content with our bodies and, you know, that there is not that weight stigma or body shaming going on because that just hurts my soul. Yeah. Well, number one, I will say that was an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing. I think it's really yeah. inspirational how you use, you know, personal struggles that you have faced and kind of transform them into positive change in other people's lives. I think that's really, really amazing and, and beautiful. And Thanks. I have a, I have a, yeah, of course, I have a couple um, questions that came up just as, as you were, as you're speaking that I was hoping to just get some more insight on. Um, yeah, go for it. First, I'm curious because it sounded like during your story, you felt in a lot of ways that like your world was kind of controlled by food, whether that was, you know, during your, your dieting times or even during binge eating, you felt like, you know, every single moment is kind of controlled and dictated by what's mm -hmm. next with food. And I was curious about that experience and how that might 
inform your coaching today with your clients and what that might look like? Yeah, so I think the reason why food controlled my life, like literally food controlled my life, but at that point I thought I was in control of my food because it felt like that was the only thing I could have control over. So I'm like, as long as I've got enough control over what I eat, then, you know, everything will be all right because, you know, there is also that rule and belief that as long as we don't eat as many calories as we burn, then we're going to lose weight, which is not true, by the way. Um, and so I was, I was obsessed. I was thinking like, okay, you know, like I, I have work at this time so I can eat at this time. And then, you know, I'll be hungry at that time. So that will be a good thing to eat. And I'll have this meal um, because that will make me feel better. And yeah, at least I've got those vitamins and like, it seems very healthy, but it's not. And um, I think on top of that with, with my conditions um, and I, I actually had like a hypo on this weekend as well, where I just get really dizzy and I can faint as well. And so, especially when I'm out and about, like I get scared that I will faint. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to eat beforehand because otherwise I'll get hungry and maybe my blood sugar will get low. And so then I will faint. So I can't let that happen. So I would eat when I'm not hungry. And so all these things, and that luckily didn't happen this weekend as in I wasn't obsessed with food. I actually forgot to eat. That probably was why it was the problem, but that's okay. Um, you know, cause at least I just felt free and I just went as I, as I, you know, went and I wasn't hungry. Um, but sometimes, yeah, our body just gives us a signal and it's about connecting with, with our bodies, which is often or actually all the time that I do with my clients. So the thing is we use food as kind of a way to numb ourselves. If you just eat when you're not hungry or when you're binging, um, it can also be, um, you know, we want to take a break. We want to avoid something. That's, that's another thing. So you want to avoid life Um <clears throat> which is obviously where emotional eating comes in. But what you also see with, and especially now a lockdown with COVID in general, like a lot of people, um, you know, they smoke, they drink, they go out. Normally they would go out. It's, it can be, it's, I'm not saying it is, but I see here a trend of people who always need to go out on the weekends. And I'm like, and then have a hangover. And I'm like, are you actually having fun in that or are you avoiding something really in life? Or now that people uh, had to stay at home, they are with their partner way more. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, then they see that their relationship is not really working because normally they would avoid and go all of those, do all of those other things instead of actually focusing on the relationship. Um, work even people tend to overwork so they don't have to work. so these are all examples and it can show in all different things to avoid and food was one for me as well and it is like it is really tricky you know if, if, if difficult things come up like we naturally want to avoid and so therefore we need to create that awareness to 
see that we're actually avoiding, to see that we're actually numbing ourselves. So the, the awareness has to be there. And then on top of that, the awareness has to be there on the thoughts that you're having, the rules and beliefs that you're having, the behavior that you're actually doing and trying to like shed a light, shine a light on what is actually working for you and what isn't and change that perspective around, you know, like, for example, one of my beliefs was, and I think it's a very common one, is that I had to finish my plate when I was little, um, which obviously comes from a really good idea and meaning behind it. Because if we finish our plates, then we don't have to waste food, which is good because we don't want to like lose our money on it or throw food away like that will be a waste. So we have to finish. And then I was a bad eater when I was little. So I had to then even more finish my food plate because if I finish my plate, then, you know, at least I've got all my nutrients in or that's what my parents would think. But then when I grew up, I, and I didn't serve myself or, you know, I was just not really hungry at the moment. Point is I would eat way more than I would need because I had the urge to finish that plate because I couldn't waste it because, you know, we can't just pack it up and eat it a bit later, <laughs> um, which it, it's just how our brain works. It's really, really hard to um, change that. So we have to have that awareness first to, to be able to change that. And then we can then rewire the brain to build new habits, to build healthier thoughts and behavior that work with that. But as you and probably everybody listens knows, um, being consistent in that, being able to build new habits and rituals around that, that takes time and practice. And obviously it needs to be done in the right way. So that is, that is what I help um, my clients with mostly just build, build that awareness and then having actually really healthy ways that work for them because what works for you, Kira, doesn't work for me and vice versa. So, you know, we're all really blessed to be all these unique individuals. So it's really important to discover what it is that we need. And also um, with that awareness, I go and find a root cause. So why is it that you're actually eating, right? Um, why is it that you have the behavior that you do? What's behind the food? Because food for me was never the problem. Food is never the problem for my clients. It's always something else. So it could be like I mentioned, you know, if you go and eat um, or overwork or whatever, because your relationship with your partner is not really good, or you're really stressed at work, maybe that's it. But then we have to tackle that, which is really, really important and really beautiful to, to work on. So yeah. Hope that answers your question. <laughs> definitely, definitely. That's that's amazing. And I think too, I'm curious about how you're coaching ever since you, you've taken that on, how that has kind of transformed your own personal quest for for health and happiness. And if it has, you know, kind of been inspired by your coaching or how has that your own personal journey journey been transformed? based on watching other people's journeys? Yeah, uh, I love that question. No one's ever asked <laughs> that before. I'm like, yay. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just get really no, bummed. No, of with. course. Um, so, well, the thing is, the most beautiful thing is, and I, I'm, I'm quite spiritual as well, and I believe things happen for a reason, yeah? So 
what I've been hearing from my mentors and my own coaches, as well as what I've seen with my clients is funnily enough, the clients that you get or the subjects that they raise is always a reflection. It's always a mirror. It's, and, and you see this in your own life. And I'll come back to that in a second. So when they have something going on, I am super present with them. But then afterwards, I always reflect on the session, like, okay, what's coming out of this? Do, what do I need to prep for next time that we meet? But also reflection on me. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this? And sometimes just things pop up and I'm like, hmm, mm, okay. So I really journal on that myself. Um, and as I said, like, for me, it's always been the not good enough. That's my base. Like literally everything that happens can always been like, I can always lead that back to that. Um, so it's still for me, a work in progress. And I think a lot of things I'm super confident. I, I love it. And I'm not really bothered by that, but then other things, they just open them up again. Like I'm just for the first, and, and I think this year has been really for me about self-love and um, setting my boundaries even more. Um, so that that has been really, really a big theme of this year, especially with like lockdown. You had a time for for yourself. Like for me, it was a lot of think about, okay, what does self-love mean to me? And yes, I'm all about helping people and it brings me so much joy, but I also need to set that boundary and be by myself um, and helping myself instead of always wanting to help other people. And yeah, so that that has been a really, really big journey and to, to explain the mirroring. So if we meet people for example, that we don't really like or situations happen that are not really pleasant. Um, we often get angry or sad or frustrated, which is normal. Um, but we naturally try to blame other people. Whereas can you hold up a mirror for yourself and reflect on it? Like, okay, what is actually really happening here? Um, which comes naturally once you do the work, once you are working on your mindset. I see that with my clients as well. They become more aware of like certain conversations or situations. And for me as well, I was like in a conversation and somebody said something to me and I was like, do you really need to say it that way? I didn't say it to him, but internally I was like, you know, getting, I was like, come on, like, just, you know, you can't not talk to me that way. And I was like, but that's how he is. So it's for me to accept and to reflect on, okay, but why does it bother me so much that he talks the way he talks? And what does it say about me? And do I sometimes talk the way he talks to myself? And to reflect on that is just really, really cool. Because I believe that you know, if things bother you, it's obvious, it's nine out of 10. <laughs> it's something that you don't like about yourself or that you're doing somehow to yourself as well. So you can always learn from something like no matter how the bad the situation is. And I can say that because I've experienced so many bad things in my life. Um, but I've always grew stronger out of it because I'm like, without everything that I've experienced today, I wouldn't have been able to be the coach that I am today to help and inspire other women. So I needed to have this happen to me. Um, but then 
it's not to me, it's for me. So all these things happen for me. And I'm just like in this point where I realized this year as well to just be more acceptant and grateful for the things that I've done. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't in every situation yet. Um, I was still going and so, especially with my direct family, there's still a lot of like, Oh, how can you do this to me? You know, why does this always happen to me that I had to like go and work through, which is, which is really beautiful. So I've done that on my own, but also with my coach, because I just feel like, oh, everybody should need a coach <laughs> in general. Because yeah. it's like, if you internalize it, it can sometimes be really, really hard. And then you're just as with the food obsession, you're just stuck with your own thoughts and you can't see that new light. And to have that someone who just, you know, in a non-judgmental way tries to help you out, but also holds you accountable to do the things that you want to do for yourself or helps you when you circle back into your fear, like, oh, I'm going to fulfill this dream and go. And then you go like, no, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm like, I can't stick to it. And da, 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 da. It's very natural to have a fallback, but that's when you need that someone who, you know, yeah, helps you really and, and makes you move forward, which is a beautiful thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that is so interesting. I love your mirror analogy. I think that not only can be seen, you know, in a, in a client coach relationship, but also can just be seen, you know, in everyday life, like you were saying. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, you mentioned, it's a very powerful one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you mentioned too um, about boundaries and, and kind of barriers in healing or in, you know, one's health or, or happiness journey. And I'm curious how you have dealt with like making peace with those with those boundaries and barriers that ultimately might need to be set up. I know from my from my experience and and um, from those who I've talked to in a lot of healing and recovery from eating disorders, boundaries, mm -hmm. relational boundaries, whether it's with family, with friends, you know, even yeah. too with like social media, like setting boundaries there in terms of how can I best protect myself? So I wonder to your experience with that, either personally or, you know, as a coach, um, speaking from that angle too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it is really becoming aware how you work best. So, I mean, even last week I was out at the beach, I was invited by a friend and there was like drumming and everything going on. And eventually it was not even that late. It was 10. And I said, I'm going home now. I've, I, you know, I've seen enough. I enjoyed it. I loved it. But I know that if I don't go home, then it will take me a really, really long time to like, you know, get ready for bed to really like slow down to have a good night's sleep. And I had an appointment earlier that more early the next morning. So I wanted to be energetic and fresh and, you know, well rested. And I was told like, oh, why are you going home already? The party's just beginning. And I'm like, no, I'm just going. And I, and I felt like I needed to excuse myself for it. I'm like, yeah, some people just like to go to bed late. And I like to wake up well rested and early. And that's me. And I don't feel like I have to apologize for being me. And if they don't like it, well, then 
not my kind of people because I only want to be around people who accept me who I am and yeah so that's that's a really big lesson for me and um you know me wanting to apologize for the fact that I wanted to go home was something that I've always done and it almost came out I was like what am I even doing like I don't need to I'm just going I'm just telling so that they know that I'm gone and they don't need to look for me if they wanted to um but yeah and I'm not always capable of setting boundaries so there's still lessons there um and that's okay too because then my values are different in that perspective so you know the value of having this awesome project done or this value of being with my friends is then uh, more important in that moment than you know, having that rest or having that me time and having that self-care, um, which is fine. So it's finding that balance, like finding what, what is really important to you and then consciously work on that. Um, so that's what I've, what I've done to myself and what I do with my clients as well. So we really look into, okay, what is, what are your values? Um, what's the hierarchy in there? Where do you want them to go? Um, and, you know, like, how is your boundary setting now? And like, in what areas are you really good at setting boundaries? But where aren't you? And why is it bothering you? Like, why do you even want to set boundaries? Because you don't have to. Right? Mm-hmm. But apparently, it's a problem for you. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, 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 again, like finding that awareness. And um, then I use depending on what the situation is. So that's why I can't really like, give more advice than that but depending on what the situation is I find then the right tool or method to like go and challenge that um so yeah what what it did for them is just becoming really aware and just really being conscious and mindful of when they are going to because it's like it's like when you have your phone, yeah? Because essentially we need to set boundaries so we can charge yourself again because usually it's we are overstepping. So I, I see for me setting boundaries is making sure that, my, that I manage my energy um, to keep my battery full. And I am very extroverted and social, so I love being with friends. But I need to have my mean time. I need to have my alone time, especially ever, well, especially after lockdown, but also especially after I do a lot of social things. I really need to step back because otherwise I'm not a fun person to be around. Like I, I'm not, I, I love my bubbly self. I love to be that bubbly self, but in order to stay that way, I need to find that balance. So it's like charging your phone. Like if you see your phone and it's like on 20%, I freak out and I feel like I need to charge it. So I'm going to go and charge it. So you can, you can see that when you need to go and charge it. And I think in our society, we will all freak out if our battery really dies and their phone dies and we can't use it anymore. That's how you need to start seeing yourself as well. You know, know when your battery is dying, when you need to go and recharge. And also knowing that if you're at 20%, you can't be as effective as when you're at 80 or 100%. So yeah where is your charger what is your charger and how are you going to recharge and if we can do that soon enough 
before we get to the 20% or lower, then that's also like your key to prevent burnout, I believe. Because if you overstep yourself continuously, you're going to like your, your battery is going to, well, die. <laughs> so you can prevent that by finding your ways to really recharge. Right. Wow, that's, that's so interesting. And I like too the, the nuanced approach to that, how it's, you know, individual and everybody has their own ways of recharging and everybody has their own yeah. capacity of battery, you know, whether people can effectively function at 40% or perhaps can't, that's a really yeah. interesting approach too. And I think our, our list, my listeners will appreciate that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, yeah, it's finding what works for you and also finding the acceptance in it. Because some people are just, you know, like social butterflies and I'm too, but not always. And some people just have the energy to always be out and about. And I, I, I don't. So that's, that's my own acceptance to, to, to have and to find. And the same with, with other people. And, you know, the fact that there's a lot of like FOMO, uh, going out right now especially with it, depending on where you are in the world but things opening up again and that people can be social again and you feel like oh I need to do that too because we've been in lockdown for so long and you know I get to see my friends now so I should do that <laughs> but yeah. I think having that slow and balance is it's what's just been working really well so it's yeah it's choosing and setting priorities for you definitely and I think too that that speaks that speaks to what we had kind of talked about before in terms of where we place our self worth and like validation, as you had talked mm. about with your own anecdote with the with the party and how you were kind of initially you know instinctively seeking seeking for some kind of justification or like apologizing in some way to your friend for wanting to to leave and to go home and to prioritize yourself in that moment. And I think maybe that speaks to a little bit um, the discussion about self-worth and like where we place our self-worth as much as we can place validation and some kind of justification in another's hands, how to kind of take that power back, I guess, to ourself and, you know, what that might look like too. I think that's a really interesting discussion to be had and needs to be had more and more, especially when our self-worth is often dictated by the screens that we you know, are yeah. in all of the time. Yeah. And it's also the perception that we have, right? Like, you know, you think what the other person might think in your head, but it might not even be true. So it's, it's like you're, you're stuck with it in your head, but that other per person might not even, you know, bother. They're just like, okay. And I'm like, and, and even if they, even if this person, we think like, oh, I'm boring or, you know, I can't have a good party. I'm like, hmm. it's, it's what I need. And I, I was there. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's find that empowerment in you and be totally okay with that. And I, and I was okay with that. So that's, that's really good. But I also know that I wasn't before and that a lot of people are still, you know, struggling with that, which is, yeah, which is something that we don't really need to, to struggle with, if that makes sense. Right. Right. 
And I think what also might be a helpful topic of conversation, especially for um, my listeners, is dealing with weight change. Because I know specifically in, in eating disorder recovery and healing, that's a big part of it. And that's also one of the hardest parts of it, whether you have to, you know, restore your weight or um, change your weight in some capacity. I know it's, it's a big struggle. And I think it kind of circles back to this idea of self-worth because in a lot of ways, our self-worth is dictated by numbers. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious your experience with dealing with weight change and, and what you might have to say about that as well. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is about body acceptance. And what I've also figured, despite that there is obviously like other triggers, whether it's like medically or just life triggers that will keep you from losing weight in case you want to lose weight. Um, but like for me, I needed to lose weight for my health. Um, but then my strongest motivator was if I lose the weight, if I'm skinny, then, you know, da, 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 da. And that is something that you really need to be mindful of because I was trying to lose weight from a place that I thought I wasn't good enough. And I see that with many other women as well. So how do you want to be able to lose weight if you can't accept your body for what it is now, right? And it's funny because we attach a meaning to it. So we attach a meaning to, oh, if I have a lot of fat around my tummy, that's ugly. I'm fat, but you're not fat. There is just fat around your tummy. That's a fact. It's just, it, it just is. It's how kids can beautifully put out that, you know, this person is bigger, that person is smaller. It's a fact because it's true if you compare those. But the beauty of kids is they, not yet at least, they don't yet attach a meaning to it, right? They just see bigger, smaller, they're trying to build a meaning around it, but it's being fed by, as parents or peers say, oh yeah, the bigger person, you know, is fat and it's, it's, it's not good enough as it is because it's big. That's how we de developed in our society that we need to be small or whatever belief we have, right? Um, so it's, it's being accepting of yourself and embrace the effects and embrace you. So it's really creating that connection with you, with your body. And um, from that place, if you do choose to then lose weight, it comes from a more loving perspective, right? And even when I was at my skinniest, I still didn't love my body. I still thought that I was fat. Like even if you go to a small alley, I was still like going like sideways because I thought, oh, I can never fit. And then I realized, oh, this actually went pretty easy. <laughs> so it's, I still thought that I was fat. I still perceived that my friends would look at me that I was fat. Um, but I wasn't. And in a way, I never was because it always came back to not accepting me, not what my friends or family was, would think. And now I'm definitely, I've, I've gained the weight. And yes, that was a real struggle because I was afraid when I was eating more 
that I would gain the weight. And I did. Um, and from another way, I was like, okay, at least I'm learning now to eat intuitively. At least I'm choosing to feed my body things that it really needs. So I'm in general, I eat very healthy, but I also allow myself to eat things every now and then that I really love because I also think that's very important because if I keep saying to myself, oh, I can't have this, then it's negative energy in my head. Uh, I also just want to be able to just go out for dinner or brunch or whatever without thinking, okay, can I have this? Or, you know, is there something for me on the menu that I really should be eating? So I can just choose that for myself. Um, and if you are able to do that, like I was able to, like my clients are able to, then for me, it doesn't now really matter what I look like. I honestly don't care. And I can wear all the clothes that I want because I know that I'm trying every day to be my healthiest me, whether it's eating really something healthy for my body or in a way, something healthy for my mind. Because if I want to have ice cream, I'll have an ice cream. And a lot of people are afraid of, oh, but you can just eat anything. I'm like, yeah, I can eat anything. And then they think, oh, so you'll be eating chocolate and ice cream all day. And that's what I used to think. I'm like, but then I would always eat sweets. But then I know that I want to, if I love my body, I want to love it and I want to take care of it. And I know that sometimes ice cream will take care of me, but most of the time healthy foods will take care of me. And with that, it, I just felt so much more relaxed and calm. And for me, it's mostly important that I just feel healthy, that my body feels good, that I am not bloated or have any IBS symptoms that I did have a lot. Um, and that I just feel lean. So for me, there's a difference. I don't, I still don't know how to describe this, but there, for me, there's a f difference to feel healthy and feel vibrant and feel lean and to actually be lean. And I really go for that feeling because if I have that feeling, I know that I'm on the right track and I'm doing the right things and I can just live life as I please. And it doesn't really matter if I have, you know, five kilos extra or not. And I also believe that I actually, I don't know my weight at this moment because I don't have a skill and I don't want to stand on a skill, but I do feel that I, you know, I feel really good. And yeah, maybe I want to lose a bit of tummy fat, but it's, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay too, because my health and loving myself is more important than losing the tummy fat. Because as I said before, it's not going to make me happier or susceptible. Successful, <laughs> successful. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, it, it's just more out of a health perspective, um, and that was like mind blowing to me. Once I realized for myself, like, oh my god, I actually, you know, really accept who I am, and I don't compare myself as often. Now, I can be really transparent that I do feel this way a lot of the times um I think the only time right now where I just felt really really insecure like I videotape myself every now and then I take pictures and then you know you get like 
you see yourself in another perspective. You're like, oh, okay, um, which is fine. So I didn't feel insecure about that. I'm like, no, it's just is. I think the only time where I feel less confident and insecure at this moment is when, so I'm shooting this professional dance video at the moment, which mm -hmm. is really cool. It's actually the whole story is behind binge eating and being in lockdown as well. So it's, it's actually really personal, really close to heart for me. Um, but we've been recording that and like seeing yourself at screen and like being directed to how you need to dance and like how that process, it's very hard. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah. no, this is all tails and butterflies and it's going to be really fun which it is <laughs> like actually being recorded and directed it's it's a tough job I'm like I have so much more respect now for professional dancers and actors I'm like okay I always wanted to be an actress like I don't think this is for me <laughs> um so I seeing yourself or being directed and seeing yourself then on the screen made me just really conscious of myself and really insecure but then in a way it was also good to realize I'm like okay there's still for me an upgrade to do um, and it's not that it means that I have to be a fully percent confident because it's not about being perfect but it is something that did bother me so it is something that needs to be addressed Gotcha. That's yeah. cool. Number one, that's awesome that this music video is, is in the works. I'm I'm really curious just to see it eventually when it when it comes out. That sounds so interesting and very yeah, poignant. It, uh, it's 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 yeah, exactly. It's it's really beautiful. It's on hunger by Florence and the Machine. So you know, only like yes. the title. Okay, yeah. yeah. So all the lyrics, like if you haven't listened to this song, like all the lyrics is like just me. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's basically about our experience with lockdown, what lockdown has done to us. And I thought, you know, like if I was still the old me, I would have definitely binged my way through lockdown, like the numb and avoidance, just eat and eat and eat. And so I thought my part would be then on the binging and my struggle with food. So that's what's in the video. And yeah, it, it, it's being edited now. We shot the last scene last weekend. Um, so yeah, it should be out in a month or so, I think. But I will definitely share the link. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I would love to see that. And I can also share it too, if you're comfortable, you know, with, with our uh, listeners, with our HTIL listeners. Yeah, sure yeah. They would no, be interested. Yeah, I think that's our mission as well to, to you know, especially because this is worldwide thing. Everybody struggled with lockdown one way or another. So right. that's the message we're trying to spread. And yeah, oh, it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> that, no, that's so cool. I'm so excited to, to see this and experience it. Um, mm. And that's amazing too. And I just want to echo what you had mentioned before that you don't have a scale. I also do not have a scale. It's, you know, weight, weightlessness is like the new, is my new thing. <laughs> and I love it and I encourage you know, others to do that too, my listeners to do that. Um, but I think, yeah. I think everything, everything you said is just, is, is very, very inspiring and very, um, I really appreciate kind of like the radical, like self-acceptance and like self-love and, and self-worth that, that you preach mm -hmm. and that you, and that you teach as well too. I think that's, I think that's really wonderful. And I'm wanted to extend the space now too, if you want to talk about your podcast a little bit, because, you know, my listeners might be interested in hearing more from you and, and learn, learning more from you as well. So if you wanted to share a little bit about your podcast, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, another thing actually that just came up yeah. 
when you were talking, I was like, it's actually so like my day is going like, okay, what does my body actually need? Right. So like, how do I feel? If I'm like not energetic, then what can I need to do? Like, do I need to eat certain foods that I know will give me the right energy? Um, or do I need to like go and rest? Or what do I need to do? And so even though I kind of have a meal plan in a way of, because I do weekly groceries that I have a broad idea, okay, this is what I want to eat because that just makes my life easier and I don't have to think about it for the rest of the week. It's still then also like, okay, well, how do I feel today? And what do I want today? Because that can differ. Like if I do groceries on a Saturday and on a Wednesday, I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling this today. Then I don't want to have the thing that I really need to eat that meal, right? So right. I really want to go with how is my body feeling instead of like going like a meal plan or a diet or whatever. Um, so really that intuitive eating. And once you have that connection, like what does my body actually need or what does my mind need? Like set that intention for the day. And that's just like a beautiful little tip that is just, yeah, has been really changing my life as well as for my podcast. Well, tips like this will be on my yeah. podcast. <laughs> so that's like okay. a little teaser for you. Um, yeah. So my podcast is called Life to Enjoy. And um, so it's basically like Life to Enjoy, but then with CE behind it. So that my name is in there. Yeah. Um, Very clever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's literally all about like living your life to enjoy. So it's, it's about happiness. It's about health. It's basically always about mindset one way or another, because that is something that really interests me. And in my journey has been like the one thing that changed it. So I basically talk about a topic that has been on my mind <laughs> that week Um there's always like interviews as well from inspirational people. Um, and I basically go into like strategies as to why things are as they are so that we can create that awareness for ourselves. Like, okay, you know, um, this last week it was about why we're not able to lose weight. So what triggers are behind that? So that we become more aware of like, okay, maybe it's not always like the way we eat. Maybe it's something else. And what is it and how can I address that? So it's it's basically like mindset strategies and then actionable steps that will help your life to be a little bit better. So it's, yeah, people have found it really inspirational and sometimes they ask questions that I then answer on the show as well. So it's, it's, it's a really beautiful thing to do um, in case you're not able to like get a coach or just want some, you know, like inspiration um, in your week to, to help you out with topics like that. Yeah. So I address my binge eating as well. I address a lot of like health issues as well. Um, but also mindset things like, you know, fears that we might have, or, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go and start tomorrow. <laughs> you know, all the excuses that we have for right. ourselves. So things like that. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So all of my HTIL listeners, if you're interested, please head on over to Life to Enjoyist. And um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they could learn so much from you. I've I've learned so much from you just in this past hour. So 
this is this has been wonderful thank you so much yeah yeah and i would love it you know like if you listen to the podcast or hop on over to instagram which is at life to enjoy as well and just come and say hi because i just love connecting to people and if you've been listening to this i would love it if you just come say hi so that i know who's the person in you know in the audience listening so uh, yeah that would be lovely of course yeah of course that's that's one of the things I think I found, you know, in this podcast community is just, it's just like the connections being made and, and uh, fostering yeah. those connections and engaging with people from, you know, across the world yes. <laughs> is, is wonderful and something unexpected, but something really rewarding in this whole thing. And I'm sure you have found that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just beautiful. I'm, I mean, I'm still, I'm still in people's person, like by heart. So it's always- <laughs> nice to meet people and like hear about their stories and yeah and yeah yeah yeah, that we're all so different but that we can still relate a lot to each other as well it's beautiful definitely definitely was there anything else you would like to share with our listeners um I don't know just yeah if you if you feel the vibe just come and say hi and and if you want to know more about my story or what I do in coaching yeah just feel free to reach out with any questions you might have um yeah that that would be awesome perfect well thank you so much again Joyce for joining us today I can't wait for everyone to listen to this this uh interview I think they're gonna take a lot from it and um and are gonna be really inspired by you and the work that you do so thank you so much Oh, thank you so much, Kira. I've, I've enjoyed this hour. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Of course, of course. Next week, Heavier Than I Look, we'll have another special guest. And this special guest is actually from my old stomping ground, South Bend, Notre Dame. Um, she is a senior at Notre Dame. And we will get to talk to her about her own experience, her mission, her journey, her work. I or the, the next episode of HAL will be released on Sunday. I believe it will be December 6th. So right after Thanksgiving. All new episodes of HTIL will be uploaded to Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts by 11.59 p.m. each Sunday night if you missed the live broadcast. Feel free to return to old episodes by visiting these sites. If you would like to listen to my own story of anorexia, binge eating, and body dysmorphia, you can listen on any of these platforms. Please consider sharing the podcast with family, friends, or those who you feel could specifically benefit. If you are interested in learning more about eating disorders, please visit the National Eating Disorders Association, NEDA, website at nationaleatingdisorders.org. If you or someone you love might be struggling with an eating disorder, know that you have my full support in recovery and consider seeking treatment. Disordered eating has ruled my life for nearly six years, and I didn't think anything would ever be able to come in between that. Treatment did, and treatment still does. If you are in a crisis situation, please contact NEDA's helpline by texting NEDA to 741741. HTL has its very own Instagram and Twitter account, so if you would like to suggest your own episode topic or interact with the podcast further, please feel free to follow on both platforms at Heavier Than I Look on Instagram at HTIL Podcast on Twitter. And if you are interested in sharing your own story as a feature on the show, please direct message at heavier than I look on Instagram or Twitter. Do not be afraid to reach out. We would love to hear from you. 
My podcast, Heavier Than I Look, aims to empower survivors, educate listeners, and foster conversation surrounding eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Eating disorders demand silence, yet this podcast is an attempt to de-isolate and destigmatize a survivor's experience by giving a voice to each story. We must abandon a quantitative numerical definition of identity and reclaim our self-definition to exist beyond the numbers that rule our lives. In this way, HTIL is a space of healing, of recovery, and of storytelling. Finally, let us no longer wonder how little space we can comprise, but instead wonder how to make that space one filled with love and with sympathy. Goodbye for now, guys.